Okay, welcome back. Last time when we read, the Emberites were starting to get fed up with the people of Sparks not giving them enough food. And do you remember how Tick kind of got everybody riled up so that they could stand up to the people of Sparks and ask for more food? And at the end of chapter nine, uh, Dune was in the house when the, the Emberites that he, with, he was with did stand up and say, we basically want more food. And it didn't go so well. And we left off with Dune worrying that now the people of Sparks are tired of helping them. And how is it going to go? And with Lena, we also uh, visited her for a little bit. And she was drawing and doing some imagining. And Torin showed her some little objects that showed her a glimpse into the ancient world. And they were... Uh, a flashlight and an airplane and an elephant and things that she had never seen before. Okay, so let's get into it. One afternoon, when Lena was in the village picking up some salt for the doctor, she saw a long line of people at a clothing shop. A few emberites were among them. Lizzie was in the line wearing the black scarf around her neck that she'd worn ever since she arrived to show that she was mourning for Looper, her boyfriend back in Ember. Why are there so many people here? Lena asked. They have eyeglasses, Lizzie said. A roamer brought in a special load of them yesterday. Glasses? But you don't wear glasses. These are dark glasses, Lizzie said. They call them sunglasses. They make it so the light doesn't hurt your eyes as much. Most of the people of Sparks already had sunglasses. A couple of the work leaders, understanding how much the light bothered the Emberite's eyes, traded some extra wooden crates for a couple of boxes of the glasses and gave them out for free. Lena tried some on, but didn't like them because they made all the green look brownish. She also thought they made people look sneaky, as if they had evil secret plans. Lena liked going to the market plaza. It was always alive with people and animals, and the markets had things she had never seen before. Sandals made of old truck tires, hats and baskets woven of straw. It was a noisy, bustling, interesting place. It was also very messy. The animals made the mess. Goats and oxen pulling carts in from the fields left their big smelly plops all over. These got cleaned up eventually. Someone came and scraped them into buckets and took them away. But often this didn't happen until halfway through the morning and people had to step carefully until then and breathe in that powerful smell. This gave Lena a good idea. She would do a favor for the marketplace, she decided. Everyone would appreciate it. So the next morning, just at dawn, she rode her bike down to the plaza with a big bucket hanging from the handlebars. She scooped up a load of cow plops and goat plops and dumped it into the river. Back and forth from the plaza to the river she went, scraping up one smelly, squashy load after another, and when she was just about to dump the last load, one of the shopkeepers arrived. She smiled at him, expecting some words of approval. 
but instead his face twisted in rage. What are you doing? he shouted. He started running toward her. Dumping that good stuff in the river? He seemed unable to believe his eyes. What's the matter with you? Good stuff, thought Lena. What is he talking about? He snatched the bucket out of her hand. You people are... He stopped. He pressed his lips together and closed his eyes for a moment. All right, he said in a tight voice. I suppose you didn't know. This stuff is precious. You don't throw it in the river. Lena took a step backward. She felt as if she'd been slapped. Oh, she said, then what do you do with it? It goes out into the fields, the man said. It goes into the rotting pile, and when it's ready, they dig it into the ground. It's fertilizer. I guess you've never heard of it. No, said Lena. I didn't know. I'm sorry. I was trying to be helpful. The most helpful thing you people could do would be to... Well, never mind. He gave Lena a last disgusted look and walked away, leaving her with a half-filled bucket she didn't know what to do with. She carried it out of the village and up the road, and when no one was around, she dumped its contents at the side of a field. It wasn't only Lena who got into this kind of trouble. As time went on, she heard about other people doing or saying the wrong thing and irritating the people of Sparks. Sometimes it was because they seemed stupid. People from Ember were frightened by chickens, and they had never seen a cloud and didn't know the meaning of ordinary words like storm and forest and cat and lemon. They knew nothing about history. They'd never heard of other countries. They didn't even know what the earth, they didn't even know that the earth was round like a ball. To the villagers, they seemed unbelievably dumb. On the other hand, they sometimes acted a bit superior boasting of the things that they had had in their underground city. The villagers didn't like hearing that in Ember, people had had electric lights and flush toilets and hot and cold running water. Once, when Lister Monk, who had been the pipework su supervisor, was telling a Sparks man about the generator, the man called him a liar. When Lister protested that he was telling the truth, and he implied that Sparks was a rather backward place compared to Ember. The man hit him. It took five people to break up the fight. Worst of all was the ravenous hunger of the em Emberites. The village families were pleased that these strangers were so impressed by their fruits and vegetables, but they were also worried. The leaders had told them the newcomers were to be fed and all households were being supplied with extra food for the purpose. But the people of Ember never seemed to get full. They cleaned every last crumb off their plates and asked for seconds, finished those off, and then sat there looking hungry. The villagers resented it. Lena sometimes overheard them talking in the markets. Oh, it's too much to ask, she heard a woman grumbling. And these cave people are going to be here nearly five more months. 
Am I going to have to give them some of my strawberry crop? I don't see why I should. Another woman was even more direct. I wish they'd just get out, she said. It's hard enough to feed your own family, much less a bunch of strangers. Nina wasn't used to feeling unwanted. She didn't like it. There were plenty of things about this place she didn't like. The dust that coated her feet and legs, for instance, turning them a yellowish brown. The tiny bugs that bit her and made red itchy spots on her arms. The way the sun burned the back of her neck. This place wasn't so perfect, she wanted to tell those crabby villagers. In Ember, for instance, they didn't have so many mean, snotty people as they did here. Lena sometimes rode down to the Pioneer Hotel to see Dune. He was always glad to see her, but it wasn't the same as it had been back in Ember when they were involved in this desperate search for a way out of their doomed city. Dune showed her around the Pioneer, and he told her about the work he did and the people he ate his lunch with. When he seemed distracted or troubled, his Oh, sorry, but he seemed distracted or troubled as if he was trying to solve a problem that he wasn't telling her about. Lena would ride back to the doctor's house after these visits with thoughts struggling against each other in her mind. She missed the old Dune, her clever, adventurous partner, and she herself felt different here too. She didn't know what to do or how to be. Some of the people were trying to be kind, but there was so much unkindness mixed in with the kindness. To the people of Sparks, the people of Ember were just a nuisance. How could they stay in a place where they weren't wanted? This world was huge. There must be another place in it for the people of Ember. And that's the end of the chapter. So my questions for you, and you can add a response and be part of the podcast if you want to. My questions for you is, do you think there's another place that they can go to? Do you think there's another place that they can go to outside of uh, Sparks? Do you think they're going to go early, sooner than than uh, five months from now? Or keep in mind, I haven't read the book. I don't know. And... This one line that it just said, uh, where she said, this village, this place wasn't so perfect. She wanted to tell those crabby villagers. In Ember, for instance, they didn't have so many mean, snotty people as they did here. You think there are some mean people from Ember? (laughs) I thought that part was interesting, that sometimes when people are picking sides, they start to only see the bad things in the other side and not think that that could happen on their side ever. Okay, so make your predictions for next time. Leave your thoughts and you can be part of the podcast too. And next time we'll read chapter 11 called Tick's Projects. Bye.